This episode was recorded last year, prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Voices, with me, Sally Morgan. But you may know me best as Psychic Sally. In this series, I will be speaking to strong, powerful, inspirational people about their lives. I always had a belief that there was more than just the people on earth. I always believed in angels and spirit. And I always believed that we were all connected and I always felt that there was this huge oneness between all the people on earth. In this episode, I sat down with activist and life coach, Shah Bailey. Oh, so I'm here today, everyone, with the gorgeous, the beautiful Shah Bailey. So she is known as an activist. She is known as an influencer and she is a life coach. Also, you've started... Is it, is it Black Pride? Yeah, so I didn't start it, but I have joined UK Black Pride three years ago. And that's all about empowering people of colour who are part of the LGBTQIA community. I am an educations officer for UK Black Pride, so it's my job to run the wellness and wellbeing area. So as part of the UK Black Pride event, there's a team of, I think, hate to miss people, but there's probably about 10 or 12 of us who sit together um, month by month and we plan this event that happens on the Sunday after London Pride. And it's all about everybody who's part of that team adding their own value and experience in making the event safer, more inclusive and, and better. So for me, having that wellness and wellbeing area is all about giving people the chance to express themselves and express their truth in a way and in a place where they're safe to do that. That's lovely. Is there, do, do you find then, or does the community find that um, people of colour in the LGBT community, um, they're picked on more? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's not the nicest topic to talk about because obviously homophobia exists, racism exists. Mm. But if we don't talk about it, then it continues. And there are still 70 countries across the world where you can be, you know, whipped, murdered, oh, imprisoned damn. for being homosexual. And they are usually countries where people of colour exist. You know, it was only last year, I think it was the anniversary of the 377 repeal in India where, you know, gay marriage was finally allowed and that was 2018 so certainly culturally there's still a lot of barriers for people of color mm. to be able to be themselves especially if they're you know well I think more so for trans people than just people who identify as homosexual but definitely anybody who's part of the queer community will tell you that they've had more struggle if they're a person of color uh, yeah so it's really important then isn't it yeah. uh, and excuse my ignorance Absolutely. you know it's the rainbow is is really the logo isn't it yeah. for for pride what do we have for um black pride so we have um the normal rainbow but this year there's a lady called amber hikes who's out in america and she started a campaign to add a black and brown stripe to the rainbow that's so at uk black pride we have the rainbow along with the black and brown that's that's brilliant i mean and that because it is the rainbow i think that you know it, it's worked hasn't it as a logo so yeah absolutely it's, it's, you see it everywhere over pride yeah now you also to all these things that you do which you do so well and you do so thoroughly and you're so very informed um you're a life coach. I am. I think that's got a bit of a stigma around it at the moment, being a life coach, because it's, you know, sort of seen as this person who comes in and tells people what to do. But for me, life coaching is, 
it's a real connection. I call it's myself a way a of life, yeah. isn't it? But I think it, and I always think that because I meet lots of different people, and I do tend to meet a lot of people that are coping or trying to cope with loss. Um, and I think that a life coach, a really good life coach, has had to have had struggles, and I mean you know, real struggles and difficulties. And uh, have you experienced that? Yeah. So for me, my real sort of, I call it my waking up experience was just after my 16th birthday. So I found out that I had what I thought was uh, appendicitis. And after I had my appendix took out, they said that they'd found a small tumor in my stomach, which they had removed, which was fine. I, I went home. I was okay about it. But after that, I had lots of complications. So I had a huge infection. I ended up being back in hospital, oh having you know multiple different tests and did they? Must, they must have biopsied that that tumor. Yeah. But they? at the time, they didn't tell me. So my family sort of had no idea that this was happening for me. And then with the infection that I got, it sort of sent me into a space where. I was sort of seeing the lie and telling oh. my mom that, you know, this is the last time she was going to talk to me and, you know, oh, I, I, I was going really, to a good place. You were really sick, weren't you? You were yeah. really ill, I mean. Yeah, and for me it was, you know, I'd got to that place and I thought that I was going to a really good place and I was really happy about, you know, this was my time. I'd, I'd really come to terms with, you know, at 16 that this was my so time. So do you think this was happening when you had, like, this infection or was it happening over a period of days? It just sort of... I think the infection must have grown over, you know, maybe three or four days to the point where I passed out. I remember my stepdad came and picked me up out of the bath, wrapped me in a towel, put me into bed. And, you know, that was when I sort of had this experience. Like of, a near-death experience. Yeah. I, I, well, I hate to call it that because it makes me sort of, it's frightening almost. But yeah, it was like a, a near-death experience. And I remember my cousin was with me and there's only him and myself who are christened in our family and my mum told us to say the Lord's Prayer. Oh, and my goodness. We got to Amen. And I remember sitting up in bed and, and vomiting quite heavily. And where my scar had been sewn up, it, it sort of, you know, began to like really heavily pulsate. And it was quite gory. And I really, truly believed that when we got to the end of that prayer, something just changed in me. And that was when my whole life changed, really. That was when I decided that, you know, I wanted my purpose to be bigger than just the person as in myself. I wanted so it was to. like almost like an epiphany, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like, wow, everything from this moment is now a gift to me and what can I do to make the world better and how can I make people inspired by me and how can I leave people better than I found them? Yeah, see, the medical profession would say that you had, like, that was your crisis, you know, like you, yeah. the infection, it reached, and then it burst almost. And yeah. The vomiting, you you were able to release the, the infection. But actually, I think that you're quite right. You, because no one can take away that knowing, that feeling within inside you, which you can't really put in. It's so difficult to put it yeah, into words. There's no way to sort of yeah, describe it. Describe it, yeah. No, but it, it, it literally, it, it was um, a light bulb moment. You realise that I think within you um, is your soul and there's a spiritual side. Yeah, it was like recognising that actually all of this body that I have 
is to carry something that's so yeah. much more than just this wow. body. And were you, you, you say you were 16 then? Yeah, I was 16 then. I mean, how young is that? So you recovered, obviously, you're sitting yeah. here and look at you, so beautiful and healthy Thank and you. everything. And so you recovered. And how did you go about, almost you could say, uh, using that, um, that realisation that there is a spiritual char in there as well? How did you go about using that? So... At first, I sort of failed miserably and I sort of went out into the world and tried to do things that were going to make my mom proud, you know, go to university and and try and get a good job and try and have a career. And I thought that that was the way that I could, you know, make my life purposeful. And it wasn't until, you know, burnout, you work lots of hours and you work really hard. And I just recognized that the power in me was more to do with the impact that I could have on other people. It wasn't about making money or, you know, getting a pat on the back. It was about really having soulful connections with people. And like lead by example and so that people could sort of look at you and you're 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 the example for them that they can change their lives for the better. Yeah, it was about, yes, I've experienced this pain and yes, I've experienced this trauma, but what have I learned from it and how can I use it to do something good? Because I feel like if something bad happens, then, you know, they say like one door closes, another one opens. Yeah. And I really wanted to, you know, look inside myself to find out what that door was going to be. Yeah, quite amazing. Did you, because, you know, you were 16, you lovely, lovely person. You had never in your life done anything wrong. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so this was about, you know, your, you could say, um, the trauma around you was a medical trauma that you certainly didn't ask for. Absolutely. So to to try and help other people on that that's it's quite that's quite incredible. I mean that is like, you know, your 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 trauma um opened doors within your soul really for you to recognize in other people traumas that you have not experienced but you recognize how they're in pain because yeah. we can have pain in other ways, can't Absolutely. we? Absolutely and I think pain and the value that we put on pain is different between people and some people say you know a breakup is worse than your dog passing away or you know we put different levels on pain but I really feel that you can't differentiate pain for people you know pain is pain suffering is suffering hurt is hurt and that's the one thing that we all have in common you know we all feel that and if you've ever felt any pain then for me it's about connecting with that person and understanding their pain so your your life coaching that you do which i think is incredible because as you say life coaching can it's not a stigma but it's some people can think oh do you know what i mean life coach but life coaching it's it's about also i think you know mental health issues nowadays are huge and we can we can talk about them and i think life coaching can help people with mental health issues 100 percent you know, so it, it's, do, do you have a practice or what do you do? Is it just your recommended word of mouth? Generally, it's been really good. It's more been word of mouth for me. And I'm very sort of, not choosy, but I work with people who I feel a soul connection with. I work with people who I feel can benefit the most from me personally. And if there's somebody who's got a different issue that I think somebody else in the industry might be better suited for, then I'll always signpost and say, hey, it's great that you want to improve on this. I know this person, you should go for them. Brilliant. See, that's that. recognising, you know, you, you could almost say your limitations. That's yeah. huge. And that takes a lot of courage. Well, yeah, because I do this from a place of genuinely wanting to help people. And if I feel like I genuinely can't 
help someone, then I'm not going to waste their time and I'm not going to take their money. No, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, just absolutely wonderful. You really are an inspiration. And I think that um, there must be plenty of people out there, hopefully listening to this podcast, but there, there must be plenty of people out there that would benefit from your experiences you know, it's like it's just it's just incredible. The little tumor that they took out was did that come back as clear? I know that you had the infection. Yeah, but so it was a they called it a carcinoid tumor, and then that can evolve into something called carcinoid syndrome. So wow. that was you know it's not massively serious, and I I really don't talk about it much because for me it was just the catalyst for so much more that was about to happen. Yeah, and you know I value my health now. I do lots of things around being more healthy you know I, I I don't drink a lot I was vegan for two years I'm like I work out I don't know if you can tell oh, you can <laughs> absolutely I can definitely tell that you work out yeah very fit I have to say thank you and um so, so uh oh, well that's in a good way that you know what it is and is it something that remains there can it flare up um I've been told that it could come back at any time but in the same sense, I've also been told that I'm fit and healthy. Yeah. And for me, I I work a lot around what's happening in your mind. And I, I'm a big believer in if you, you know, if you say it out loud, then you can like manifest it. So I so, put so in my affirmations I. daily, you know, I'm fit and healthy. I'm so happy yeah. and grateful for the health yeah, and, and positivity. Yeah. Positivity all the time, no matter, even if you're in your darkest hour, if you can see that light out there, it that helps. Yeah. I mean, tremendously. You for will me, get over massively it. Massively, because now I believe that I've seen that light. So I, you know, I guess for some people it's difficult to envision that light when they're in such a dark place. But for me, I feel so much at an advantage because mm. I know that I've seen that light. And yeah, I know that it's there. Yeah, you're grateful. You see, there's a there's a, a lot of gratitude with you. So when when this happened, you you went off abroad, am I right? You went to yeah, live abroad. So a few um, years later, I was sort of in the rat race, trying to make my mum proud, trying to you know work hard, and I ended up having what I didn't know at the time was a panic attack whilst I was in work. And, you know, misogyny is real. And in the working environment that I was in, you know, I was the only woman of colour there. In fact, I was one of the only women there. And the stress and the pressure just, it it just made me collapse. And I was really, I was really worried about my health at that point. It was something that had always played on my mind. So I thought, okay, I'll just quit my job and go off to Thailand for a little while. I had a friend. And, and did you know then that you were gay? Had you come to terms with that? Yeah, I was I was quite happy with my sexuality. I'd never really worried about my sexuality because I know it's probably, you know, I don't look at gender as no. such. I, mean, I think it's the best way to look at it. I look at people's as their people. energy yeah, and their soul and the way that they make me feel. And, Definitely. And the way that they conduct themselves and the way that they you know, impact other people around them. So, yes, yeah, so I was happy. I'd gone off to Thailand. I 
made friends with some amazing people out there. They were all the UFC, the ultimate cage fighters. So they're these big, blurly, <laughs> tattooed blokes who were all gorgeous. And they really sort of looked after me. Yeah. And I was there by myself, a young girl from the UK. And they really sort of took me under their wing. And one of the guys said to me, oh, hey, Shara, you should be a life coach, man. <laughs> and I was like, sorry about that. You help them, you say. That you well, were we helping just, them. It was just, for me, it was just a conversation that we'd have around the pool at night or after a workout. And I said I didn't really know what a life coach was or what they did. And I said, this is such an American and Australian thing. This is not something we do in the UK. We don't talk about feelings. Mm. And... You know, I came back and randomly saw life coaching course in Birmingham, where I'm from, for free for two days. Come and experience it. And I like thought it was meant to be. No such thing as yeah. a coincidence. Absolutely. So yeah. I was like, oh, it's a sign that the universe yeah. is speaking to me right now. I'm going to go along to this course. And I went and I thought, I can't believe I could have been charging people for these conversations that go. I've been having for the last 10 years. And I'd sort of started instantly after that yeah, and it, I was so lucky blessed or whatever you want to call it that people just came to me and said and I didn't charge at first I said oh, oh well, we won't charge for this I don't didn't really know my worth I or know. see the value and and then people just started paying me and they said oh well I'm going to pay you for that because there's value in that and now you know I really do sort of know my worth and my value and I'm very careful about putting that out in the right way and making sure that I give back a lot like on my Instagram yeah. I do free coaching and I go into schools and do some free coaching and, and that's amazing you see and, and also uh, you know what you're doing is you're giving back so much more than than you you're taking and you're I just it's just amazing I think you you're a lovely girl and seriously you really are and I just because of the work that I do because I know that there is something else out there and I know that when you had that moment that light bulb moment or that near-death experience which it was um that that was that was going to change your life because you're a very sensitive person yeah you I'm know super you are emotive very, and very you are in tune with people around me yeah. I just want to you know sometimes I see somebody upset and you know, my whole being just wants to, you know, hold them or at least hold a space for them to heal. Well, I always say to people, when people are cynical and sceptical about spirituality, not just the work that I do, and I always give them a, a little analogy that within us all, we have an ability to sense and know things about others. And one of those uh, occasions is going to be if you're in a room and there are a few people and we've all said, oh, the atmosphere in there was really bad or the atmosphere in there was wonderful. That's us as individuals soaking up their energy. Do you know, that's so bizarre that you've said that because I think I said that last week on a podcast or on a radio interview or somewhere and I say when I, people say to me, well, how do you know? And I say, well... You know, we've all heard about bad vibes. You've all gone to a party and thought, oh, no, there's bad vibes in there. there. You you've go. all gone to somewhere or you've met someone. You thought, oh, they've got great vibes. And you don't know what it is. There's nothing specific that you can put your finger on. It's but you, energy. You it's energy. It's an energy that we all give off. And I always say to people, you know, we have, um, you know, when people say, oh, don't come in my space. I mean, it's sort of like quite trendy to say that. But actually, they, they have a point because yeah. we all have, we all emit an energy field you know that's scientifically recognized and some people you you know you can go up to and give a hug and their energy field is maybe there and then you get other people that maybe 
their energy field isn't so good and it's right out here and yeah. you know that you can only go that you can you stand that far away from them we've mm. all had that and that's that being aware of that is it's a gift well, we say you it's a gift beware the vibes that you're bringing yeah you know if you're coming to my home if you're coming into my space just you know be careful of the vibe that you're going to bring yeah and, i know, quite agree recognize when you're in a bad vibe if you're gonna you know contaminate somebody yeah. else's check well them. that's really interesting because i do i don't know if you know i do i do a lot of work on stage really that's yeah. that's what i do that's how i show people my ability you could say um and I'm often asked if I would work with other mediums on stage or if I would bring the audience up. And I always say, the thing is, when I work, I can't have anyone around me. So the stage for me when I'm working becomes really, you could say, my little pod. Yeah. And as soon as anyone enters that, that's why I have to have the guy that that, that films the audience so that I can see Who's, who's who I'm giving the message to on stage. He has to be right at the very end of the stage because literally um, I'm working with all that energy and I need that to be able to sense it. So, it's, yeah, it, it's, 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 isn't it an interesting uh, subject? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Energy, energy and us. And spirituality and people. Oh, yeah. I started a movement when I sort of woke up, if you like, called I Am Spiritually Logical because... I was just very aware that nowadays people are so waking up to things and, and learning about energy and interested in it. And some people lose their sense of logic and their sense of self and their sense of how to put all these spiritual things into, you know, a pragmatic process that actually they can use these tools to go about their life. And, and some people are just completely logical and, and forget that they have this energy yeah. and this spirit. So, Well, a lot of people think that once you introduce them to their spirituality, that that means they have to become religious. Yeah. So many people confuse spirituality with religion, don't yeah, they? Absolutely. And I think that's where my spirituality came from. I was very religious growing up. I, my friends, well, I call them friends, but they used to call me the Bible basher at school. I used to carry a little New Testament with me. And I always had a belief that there was more than just the people on earth. I always believed in angels and spirits. Like a divine, there's a divine a energy yeah, yeah, that's a, up there. Yeah. And I always believed that we were all connected and I always felt that there was this huge oneness between all the people on earth. Darling Number One is the new perfume by Sally Morgan. A fresh and floral fragrance with a sensual, subtle, musky base. Just £15 and the perfect size bottle to pop in your handbag. Available exclusively at sallymorgan.tv. Darling number one. So how do you view religion now? So I'm not religious now. I've experimented because my mum's um, Indian and my dad's Jamaican, so I was brought up Christian, but I've experimented with Hinduism and buddhism just through travels and i'm really intrigued by the concept of religion but just through my own experience my belief is that religion is great for people to believe in something more than themselves but i think there can be 
lots of boxes within religion. Well, so, well I do not think that religion, some, I mean, do you know, I'm not putting my views <laughs> on you, but there's a sort of a cult, I think yeah. religion can be so cultish in a way. Yeah. And there's so many rules that set people, well, and it's if really, you're different, then you're... It. And it's really saying, if you want to know God, if you want to know that love, that you could almost say that connection with divinity, you have to follow our belief system. And that's not the case. Absolutely. And especially for me, growing up quite religious and being gay, that was one of the things that I was really torn between because I loved my religion, I loved my God, but I knew that at that time, being a Christian, being a lesbian wasn't going to be okay. Do they not? Do they not? So now there's a lot more open um, people who are religious, there's gay vicars, etc. But at that time, it was something that was really frowned upon. Yeah, well, I I know that because I, um, I, when I'm, I've been with my husband 46 years, but I was married before I met him and we wanted to get married in the church because we love one another very much. And my vicar wouldn't allow it. And he said, I'll do you a blessing, but only allow 15 people. In the church, and it's like what? And I said to him, "But God totally accepts me." And John, I think it is different now. But yeah, I think religion um, can be a stumbling block a lot of the time for our own expression of our own spirituality. It can prevent that a lot of the time. Yeah, I remember being religious and saying to like my mom and my friends and my family that I don't need to go to church to practice my religion mm. and sitting in my bedroom and you know now I call it meditating but then I called it praying there and I are. still do exactly the same thing that I did then and sit and try and connect and so ask you're, questions. you're an old soul you knew even then you see perhaps that's a big compliment for me thank you yeah I know isn't it, it is well I, I when people say to me I'm an old soul it's like <laughs> that's amazing thank you so much but there are and I can look at people and I know if someone's an old soul or if someone actually, you've not been here before. Oh, boy, you're going to make a few mistakes. I can look at people and just know. I know that with babies. Really? You can tell with babies. It's just crazy. That's Bad. bizarre. I've been saying my whole life that I think this is my last time on earth. And I feel like that's why my I'm so passionate about actually living my purpose and doing the thing that I've probably been sent here hundreds of times to try and achieve but don't i think um you're very chilled as well at the same time yeah. as being you know the, an activist it's like this girl is not an activist what much you know usually yeah. activists you're a bit like i mean imagine ben elton you know dancing around screaming and shouting you know what i mean you're so chilled about everything in your life and about what you do with your life that you're definitely an old soul i wouldn't say it's your last time though well, you would know. <laughs> no, I don't. I certainly don't think it's your last time, but I think that you know an awful lot more than you even allow yourself to express. Thank have you. Have you written a book? I am trying to. I'm trying to I'm because I think that you'll be able to express an awful lot in that, and almost quite radical ideas about your spirituality. But then you see when you look at. Uh, anyone that says, you know, there's definitely divinity, um, there's definitely something else, that's radical in itself, really. Yeah. Do, do, do you know what I mean? I mean, depending on the room that you're in and yeah. who's there, some of the things that I say, people just look at me like, that's that crazy black well, lesbian woman. <laughs> you know, I get I get crazy lady. I've had crazy lady all my life. Yeah. My ex-partner used to say, oh, gosh, you started that woo-woo stuff again. Don't start with that woo-woo. And, you know, it became like a bit of a running joke that I'd be, you know, 
yeah. Do some woo woo stuff. But you don't. But your woo woo stuff is you. You're you wouldn't be you unless you were expressing. Um, even in a, in a very innocent conversation, you you would be you would have people. It's jaw dropping. People would go because you're so young, and yet there's this this young head on such old shoulders. It's quite incredible. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you've got a long way to go yet, as in, no, in letting people know. I think that you've reached a point where it would be very difficult to improve on recognising your spirituality. I mean, a near-death experience, come on, that is the ultimate. <laughs> but I think that there's so much more for you to do. I'm excited about, about the rest of my life. I yeah. feel like the rest of my life is going to be the best of my life. I'm 30 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I feel like now is my coming into womanhood and, you know, women especially, not because of my sexuality, but I grew up, you know, my mom was a single parent for a long time when I was growing up. And I think women are so powerful and so intuitive. And that's not disrespecting men at all, because I no, think they I, have their, yeah, their power but in they themselves. Are with the, we, the, the, the men would be nothing without us. And <laughs> they wouldn't be here, would they? <laughs> they, would, they wouldn't be here. No, women are, women are, you know, I mean, I love women. And sometimes I, I do feel, I feel very guilty that I love women so much because, I, because I'm heterosexual and I'm only interested in fellas in that way. But it's a bit like I'm not having a go at men. But basically, we are incredible creatures, women. Yeah. I mean, we grow another human being. Yeah, you. I, I was we, my mum's birthing partner and seeing my little sister come to life. Well, it's, a, it's unreal, isn't it? It was, it was another sort of eye-opening moment for me. Yeah. I was like, wow, you've carried this bean and now it's screaming at me and has this part in it. Well, and giving birth, I can tell you, is not a piece of cake. So it's amazing that we can give birth and then we can stand up and we can be normal again or fairly normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is normal? <laughs> what is normal? What is normal? But it's, you know, I just think that you've got incredible things to do, darling. It's like, oh my goodness me, what a journey this girl is on. Um, just, just wonderful, wonderful. And I also think, you see that you've got this job to do, which is not just to do with uh, people of colour. I actually think that, I think that your Indian side, that's that your father's side? Did that's you say my mum's side, yeah. Oh, actually, your mum. The Indian side in you is far stronger than, it was, did you say your father's Jamaican? Yeah. Than the Jamaican. I think that that is your soul. There's, there's no doubt. I've got Indian in me. It's quite, it's quite amazing. Yeah, it's a really like rich culture and the Isn't more it? I experiment with meditation and yoga and I realized that that's where all of these things came from and I never sort of really had much to do with the Indian side of my family my mom didn't grow up with that side of her family so it's really interesting now for me especially coming into my womanhood to explore that culture I've never been to India but that's on my list for next year because oh, I feel wow. like that's where I'm really gonna where, learn where more. which part of India is your mother from she's from the Punjab Oh, is that up or north or south? In the in the in the little villages somewhere. Oh yeah, where I'm from, my grandfather's grandmother. So my great two great grandmother, she was from it was Chennai now, but it was Madras. Okay. So that's south, and I just think that the the Asian Indian Asian culture is so rich with spirituality. Absolutely. Forget religion, just yeah. spirit, just an awareness of what us as human beings can feel and sense. 100%. We, we, take, we take for granted, I think, our 
feelings. Yeah. Because our feelings really, they're our alarm system, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I always say like my feet, I'm, I'm not ashamed to be emotional. I used to have this real stigma around I can't cry because I'm a woman or I can't cry because I'm a black person and it's up to me to be strong and to not show anybody that there's emotion there. But now I, I think of myself as a, a super emotional being and if I want to cry and express or however I'm feeling, you know, that's my, it's like my antennae. Yeah. You know, as soon as I have a feeling, I know what to do, where to go and I, I trust that feeling. Yeah. I it's trust all, myself yeah, now. Yeah, that's it. Well, I, uh, if I say trust once when I'm on stage, I say it a thousand times <laughs> every single night. You, you, you do have. It's about trusting what we know. Yeah. What we know instinctively in here. Every, and, every day, my affirmations. I love myself. I trust myself. I am enough, and I have to, you know, lead with that daily because yeah. it's so easy for the external world to tell you that you're not good enough or you can't yeah. do something or there's no way for that to happen. But yeah. when you feel it and you believe it, yeah. I feel like that's so and powerful do you get me. Do you get a lot of trolls? Do you get a lot of um, negativity? Yeah, not so much online. Um, I've had a few trolls, but I sometimes come into contact with people who are a little bit negative and <laughs> you know I always say you know that they're, they're just in their ego and they they don't understand me and you know just because they don't understand me and just because they don't like me that that doesn't mean that I don't have value because I think there's for every one that doesn't like me there's two that do yeah so what brilliant way that's how you have to look at it and you just have to and I'm sure you do you just have to feel sorry for those those people yeah it's I hope a, that they find their own light yeah and I hope when when people talk about you know um they call them cynics and skeptics don't they yeah. and my hope is that one day they just have one knowing because you only need one knowing don't you yeah you seriously you only need to see a real life ghost uh, do you know what i mean a proper ghost to know that they're a ghost you, yeah. well, why do you need to see 10 that's how i look at it and i think it's the same with spirituality and sensing something you only need to have that experience once how lucky are you and me to have those feelings every day all day long absolutely and people will say to me oh you know I'm really sorry that you had this illness and I'm really yeah. sorry that you had to go through that and I say babe don't be sorry celebrate with me because yeah. I'm so grateful that I came through that I'm so grateful that that was sent you know people will say oh this happened to me and I'm like this happened for me this yeah. was 100% something that happened for me so that I can grow and perhaps help you you know as a life coach I don't really know what my skills are, but I see something incredible in someone and it just makes me want to grab their chest and pull it out of them and let yeah. them see how amazing they are. And yeah, if I see build, it, I want them to see you it. You can build on something so small for that person. You give them hope. That's what it is. So with with you now, um, because you tend to live in the moment as well, which yeah. is wonderful, do you make plans? What's the next thing for Shah? Yeah, so I make, I'm, I, I guess I have goals. I have things that I want to do. So I, I want to write a book. I, I want to travel some more. I want to have more clients. But it's all just about, you know, recognising that there's this bubble of abundance around me. How can I tap into it? I ask myself every day, who can I help today? And I feel that generally in taking that step every day and helping someone every day and an opportunity will come and I'll feel out the opportunity and seize it so it's not so much of 
know, having such a rigorous plan that, you know, life coaches don't really live by plans and goals and actions. But for me, it's about that balance of, you know, as I said before, spiritually logical. Mm. So what am I feeling and what am I doing about it? I would say the difference is between a human being and a human doing. So like, how am I feeling? And then what am I going to do about it? So you'd be, you know what you should be doing, like seminars and, you know, like, um, what has Fern Cotton just done? Happy Place. Is it Happy Place? She's just done that big, uh, well, it's now like a festival. You should, and, and you can go and you can give uh, give talks in the tents and you should be doing that. You know, we'd have to get in touch with Fern Cotton. Come on, Fern, if you're listening. I know you'll be listening, darling. You, you, but you need to be doing that. The next thing for you is, I think, um, sharing it all more I know that life coach you're with the individual and you have to connect with that person and I understand that and that's amazing but you also need to be putting it out there on mass bigger scale bigger scale this is what I get all the time if I have readings or I see someone they always say will you just think bigger just yeah do what you're doing bigger and I say I always have this in the back of my mind bigger 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 and yeah it's just for me it's you know, I'll be really honest. It's just, you know, confidence and yeah. it's just, you know, trusting in my ability and trusting that people aren't going to look at me and laugh at me. And I think we all have that. Well, no one's going to laugh at you. You're too, you're beautiful <laughs> and you're a beautiful soul. And they're there. What you've got to remember is they are there because they want to be there. They want to listen to you. They want to hear your point of view on your spirituality and your affirmations and how you go about living your daily life, how we can, because for so many people, for so many people, 24 hours is like such a long, they wake up and they want to go back to sleep again because they're having, their mind is, is full of such awful things that they've been through. You can help them. Well, you do already, but you need to be doing that bigger scale. Okay, so me and you are going to team up. Yeah. Okay. Sally Morgan's got my back. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly have. I certainly I'm have. just going to put it on my website, yeah. certified by Sally Morgan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Completely. Um, well, it's been so... I'm, I'm sure there's a million other questions I want to ask you, but we don't have all day, unfortunately. It's been such, such a pleasure and an honour to have you here, darling. No, it's... Because the pleasure a, is mine. Boy, true inspiration. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Join me next time with another exciting guest. Don't forget to download, share and subscribe. 